This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The Pope and Young Club wants to welcome you as we rally together to ensure our bow hunting opportunities for today and tomorrow. You've come to the podcast that believes in preserving, protecting, and promoting the passion for bow hunting. Join us as we strive to be the voice of today's bow hunter. This is the Pope and Young Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pope and Young Podcast. Jason Roundsville here, joined as always by my co-host Dylan Ray. And we have with us today from Liberty Ranch, which we're excited. We got some great things going on with these guys. We have Corey Corson from Liberty Ranch. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So this was one of those things. Um, I hope you're as excited as we are about this raffle we got going on with you guys. Oh, absolutely. We're ecstatic. It, it is. I mean, you look at this, and of all of our listeners, if if you don't want to go hunt whitetails in Texas, well, then I don't know what's wrong with you. Oklahoma. <laughs> Oklahoma. I'm sorry. I think I said Texas earlier. I don't know why I got Texas on the brain today. Yeah, if you if you don't want to hunt, you know, hey, if you don't want to hunt whitetails in Texas, great, because you're going to Oklahoma. <laughs> there you go. That's oh, the Texas. <laughs> Texas sucks, dude. Come to Oklahoma. <laughs> so... Anyway, if you don't want to hunt whitetails in Oklahoma, I don't understand you because who doesn't want to do that? And then Absolutely. if you don't want to hunt anything, if you don't want to, I mean, it could be groundhogs if you're in camp with the man. So um, we're excited about that. I, I know we've been talking to Chuck. He's excited about it. Um what an opportunity I, we were talking I was talking to Dylan earlier and I'm trying to think uh, of anyone in the industry, you know, that's, that's currently living, uh -huh. um, who else 
would be in there with Chuck. I mean, who else would be of that caliber as far as influence? I mean, millions of hunters. I, I don't know who else it would be in there. I mean, he's you know, in a world of his own, if you ask me. You, you know what's yeah. crazy is Chuck influenced the influencers. Like, he yeah. did. <laughs> Literally. You hear, you hear Michael Waldell talk about how, oh, it's because Chuck Adams. You hear, yeah. I mean, you hear all of these hunters talk about Oz because Chuck Adams. Oz yeah. because Chuck Adams. Like, man. And now you get to spend a week in camp with him. Absolutely. Yeah. I, can't, I can't wait. And it's, yeah, you look at it and and it's, the thing about it is, it's not just the bow hunters with him. He, you know, because he used to write for, and I don't know which, exactly which magazines, but, you know, I mean, back in the day, there, there wasn't internet. So you, you waited every month yeah. for those magazines to hit yeah. your box. And it's like, man, outdoor life came. Now you can Google stuff on your phone. There wasn't a, this, this is it. This is all you had for the next month was that issue of outdoor life until the next yeah. one came. It yeah. replaced Google, Facebook, FaceTime, my face, all of that stuff. Your face, our issue. face, yeah. Twitter space, <laughs> yeah. all of them. Everything. It, it, there was nothing else. And so everybody read him. And yeah. you start looking, and, and I've said it before. I mean, I can remember – there's a chance I still have that magazine. I, I'm, I've kept a bunch of them. Anyway, I remember a, an issue. I mean, this goes back years and years. But he wrote an article on hunting big mule deer. I don't even know where it was, Colorado or whatever. And he had like five mounted bucks that he had taken with a bow and arrow. And the smallest of those five was bigger than any mule deer I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah, And it's just like, wow. You know, and I grew up in a mule deer state. I mean, Oregon, east yeah, half of our state is all muleys. So yeah. just crazy how that works. So, Jason, anyway, works also, you, did, you didn't build this up enough because okay. Chuck is cool, like fantastic. Yeah. But I think we're missing, like, dude, Liberty Ranch is top-notch world-class deer hunting. Like, oh yeah, it's, it's phenomenal, man, to, to be there, be in camp, like the, 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 the cabins there, I'm sure Corey could tell you because the story behind them being built is really cool in and of itself. But, um, dude, the place there, well, here, let me see if I can just, I got it here. First off, those deer are too big for us to kill Jason, but, um, I mean, the yeah. cabins here, man, are, are insanely beautiful. You can, you can see. You can see there, um, but we, I sat here at lunch one day, me and Corey sat there at lunch one day and we watched deer walk across that hillside while he's eating lunch. I mean, just phenomenal, phenomenal place to hunt. And then you add in stinking Chuck Adams. See like these deer, Jason, these are way too big yeah. for me and you. Um, yeah. we're looking I mean, for, we're looking for much smaller than that, but I mean, if I had to shoot one, I, I, I could do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, if it's the first one to come out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, this yeah, place I, is world see class. That? I like that one on the right there. Yeah, that Which my, one. Yeah, that one over there. That's a uh, that. Yeah. Hey, Corey, just put my name on that one. Okay, he's easy. Yeah. He's got a double throat patch. He's easy to keep uh, keep. Okay, track. good, good, good. I recognize. I recognize this deer. Oh yeah, you should recognize him. That's from your spot over there on the rock wall. Yeah. 
No, uh, Jason, yes. he was showing me pictures the other day, and there was probably eight or nine. No, I'm gonna say twelve. There's probably twelve bucks in the picture, and all of them are look like this. And I'm like, dude, they're stinking seventeen hundred inches of bone in that picture right there alone, yeah. dude. Yeah, like clear, clearly they crap. need to thin those out. See, like this one yeah. here. I mean, I'd shoot it if you paid me, but I'm oh, not going to unless yeah, you paid me. See, that's like, cool. It's got a little, got some junk back there. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. See, I yeah, I, grew, I grew up in Blacktail territory, man. That that is like junk for me is rare. I just you just never see it. Here. Look at this. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, incredible. We we try to build it from the ground up, make the best we best we can. I'm sorry, I can't even talk. Oh, right look at that! Show me all these pictures dropper? from the back. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, these are the kind of deer nice you're going to be hunting. Man. These are the kind of deer you're going to be hunting with Chuck Adams. While you're in camp with Chuck Adams. With Chuck I, Adams. I, with Chuck Adams. I mean, he's, you know what? In the mix. That just completely yeah. put it on a hey, is that the deer you? Is that the deer you shot? It is, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Looks like it. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, he yeah. put that one on the ground last year. Very nice. No, that's... Uh, after Thanksgiving, beautiful. You look at it, there's there's good quality bucks, solid hunting opportunities. Um and you know, the accommodations don't look half bad. Um uh, to be honest with you. That looks it's a, pretty it's nice. It's a nice getaway, nice change of pace. Yeah. And Chuck Adams. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I how mean, can you go wrong? I don't know. I'm trying to think of so here's the thing. Other than Chuck. Who, Corey? Who, who would you who would you want in camp? Other than other than Chuck, who would you want in camp? Oh uh, well, I think Dylan and yourself are fine company to be put in there. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. all right, yeah. get that out there real quick. Corey, check is in the mail for that. We appreciate it. <laughs> check is in the mail. I really thought he was going to go with Tiffany. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was a given. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think folks would say that, but it, but w when we're doing a show with Lee and he's got like thirty like heads of stuff he's killed in the background in his in his house there, you know, I don't think that's a guy you just want to be crossing too much. Yeah, yeah. No. But understand. No, um, no I mean, so who would it be? So you pick one one person. Man, they have they have to be kicking. I'll tell mine why he thinks of it. Okay, Fred Eichler. Fred, Fred Eichler. Okay, he's that's, so fun. He's full of life, man. He, he's a live wire. I mean, he's just it, there's never a dull moment. You, well, you know, you know, who I think I'd say just for the pure entertainment factor, Michael Waldell. Uh, Michael Waddell would be fun, but I think hanging out with Michael Waddell would be like with the buddies because he's just down home. Like he's just good redneck. people. Like, like he's literally like, yeah, I'm a redneck. He's a redneck. We just get, you know, we get along. It's kind of like every time I see a movie with Vince Vaughn, I think, dude, I could, that's a guy I could just go <laughs> hang with. We go grab a beer, but no, you know who I think would be, would have some just ridiculously cool stories. And would be entertaining as all heck. 
Ted Nugent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I think he would just, you know, I've talked to him on the phone a couple times and he's got that just, he's always got that excitement and that, and that energy. Yeah. And he believes it. He's not like when you see him on camera, Ted's not, that's it's not fake in any aspect. It's you can't real. fake that. Yeah, no. it's real. And so when you see that, when when you have somebody with that kind of enthusiasm, that energy is, I mean, it is absolutely contagious. And so I think having somebody like that, can, you know, that would have his stories, I think that, that's who I, I think I would say. Just having the, him in camp. Like you said, just for the entertainment and the stories that he's gonna present, and the and the guitar, yeah, yeah, well, yeah the guitar, yeah. You couldn't be sitting around a bonfire with him playing the playing the guitar and singing some songs, <laughs> you know. No, absolutely not. I, I, you know, I don't know that I'd want to sing with Ted because that would be a little intimidating. Yeah, I mean, I don't even like to sing at church because I'm just not that musically inclined. <laughs> You're talking intimidating. Hunting with anybody we've talked about would be intimidating. <laughs> Steve, no, I'm not. I can hunt with those guys, but I'm not intimidated to hunt with them. But singing, yeah, that's singing. I, yeah, I mean, I can hold my own in a hunting blind, but singing, no, uh, uh-uh. no, you can like, count me out. Yeah, there are songs about that. I forget who who sings that song. You know, that's got, oh, uh, you know, sweet Miss Betty likes to sing off key in the pew behind me. I'm like. I'm so bad. Yeah. So Craig Morgan. So Craig, if you're listening, I appreciate the shout out to that. You know, I don't like being called Miss Betty, but you know, I'm so bad. I don't even know what a key is like, unless it opens the door. So my dad always said, boy, I can't, my dad always said, boy, I can't even play the radio. Yeah. (laughs) Corey, who who do you got? Who are you bringing into camp? You can pick one person that's alive to bring into camp. Who are you doing? You guys have crossed two of them off the list. You know who I really like? Just he's would be uh, Greg Ritz. Yeah. Real, real quiet. He don't necessarily see a whole lot of him, but yeah, he does a lot of bow hunting. Yeah. I would also, one guy that a lot of people doesn't even know is a big hunter is, uh, um, oh, crap. Star Lord, what's his name? One of the Chris's. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt's a big bow. Oh, okay. Actually. Really? All right. And I think he would be a fun, funny guy. I think he would be a fun guy to hang out with. Uh, but he's a big bow hunter, man. I saw videos of him like he was going through an airport and they were like trying to confiscate like his food. And he's like, No, 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 that's elk jerky. You can't take that from me. I just killed that. That's the best tasting jerky you'll ever have. And he's like giving out the oh, airport yeah. authority, like try this jerky and then tell me I can't keep it. Like <laughs> that That's, type of thing. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who else would, would be like, who else would be on that list? That would be just, yeah, I could see Chris Pratt. That would be a good one. Luke Combs. Is he a bow hunter? Is he a hunter? See, that doesn't even matter. A hunter. I don't know if he hunts, but I know he's a hunter. Yeah. One for you me, Jim, Jim told me because I grew up watching the Indians, you know, so he would be a, Close to heart one to have in camp as far yeah. as a big yep. bow hunter and stuff as well. I'll tell you what, I you know who I think would be interesting, and this is going out just a little bit, but uh bow hunter, um actually vocal bow hunter is Joe Rogan. Cause that yep. guy, when you hear him talk, 
he's no he's no BS, man. And here's how it is, and that's how it is. And you yeah. know that cat has some stories, like all the oh, UFC yeah. stuff, all the uh, like back in the day, you know, um, fear right factor, now, fear factor, fear exactly. <laughs> Obviously, fear is not a factor for you. <laughs> I just think he has got some cool stories about stuff that he's seen that you would just want to hear. Yeah, I, he's blown so, away by. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's yeah. Th- those would be mine. None of them are bad. I mean, hell, I, I'd I'd like to be in camp with any of the folks that got mentioned. But hey, just just having good people in camp is really all that matters. Yeah, yeah. And it's, whether they're uh, big still at the top of that list. At, at the top of that list is Chuck Adams. And, oh yeah. And, you have a chance right now yeah. to, to literally take that. So links in the description of this episode. Go get your tickets. They're literally listen. It's a twenty dollars ticket. Twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. Listen, you're gonna you spend go twenty bucks. You're gonna spend twenty bucks on snacks in a gas station this week. Like you might as well oh, drop twenty bucks. Listen, you're gonna support bow hunting conservation. You're gonna support your rights as a bow hunter and and support your your right to continue to bow hunt and for future for future generations to continue to bow hunt and you're going to get a chance to go to oklahoma and chase giant whitetails with chuck adams absolutely you know you bring up a good point there because it's i mean all right it's 20 bucks i was on the phone with somebody the other day they ordered a sandwich and a coffee and it was 20 bucks yeah oh yeah, so, lunch yeah. One day. you'll be playing yeah so it's 20 bucks so a i i will personally guarantee that just to be able to go hunt in Oklahoma at Liberty Ranch is worth the $20 entry fee. I will personally guarantee that. Along with that, you have the chance to hunt with Chuck Adams, which I don't know what that's worth, but just a chance to hunt with Chuck. We actually had a debate about that because we thought the tickets should be more. And we thought, you know what? No. Because every kid out there and everybody who bow hunts deserves a shot at this. Chance. And that's yeah. why we kept the tickets at 20 bucks. No, fair. So, A, you've got, you got hunting, you got Liberty Ranch, you got Chuck Adams. And let's not forget that the raffles like this, they support the only organization out there that's working for bow hunters across America. There's nobody else yeah. working to preserve, promote, and protect bow hunting all across America. Doesn't yep. exist. Pope and Young is it. And they've been yep. doing it for 61 years. And we'll do it for another 61 as long as we get the support like this. So 20 bucks, you're ensuring your future of bow hunting in North America. You have a chance to hunt Whitetails at Liberty Ranch, and you have a chance to hunt with Chuck Adams. That is, if there was ever a no-brainer, that would be it. That's the best $20 vacation anybody could ever have right there. I'm telling you. Absolutely. So, um, no, lots of fun. And, uh, and so we're hoping it's a, it's a good promotion. I know people are excited about it. I'm excited about it. I can't even put in for it. And I'm still excited about it. I'm like, man, Chuck Adams, big whitetails in Oklahoma. Those are two. I can check two things off my list. I've never hunted whitetails in Oklahoma, and I've never hunted with Chuck Adams. Two things off my list in one hunt, right there. Hey, hey, um, just have all your nieces buy a bunch of tickets, and then you say, "Well, sweetheart, if she wins, I'll I'll take you. I don't want you to have to go alone, so I'll come and and I'll take you." You know, 
you know what happened is is they're kind of, they're literally lucky, and so like one of my nieces wins this, and they'd be like, oh, uh, you know what? I don't want to go home with Chuck Adams, you know, without a new bow. <laughs> and my brother would look at me, and he'd be like. Dude, you started this. You're going to finish it. <laughs> so we'd be rolling to the bow shop, getting new gear for these girls. Hey, that's okay. Worth Anytime it. You, yeah, absolutely. I'm telling you, yeah, they're both adorable. So, I mean, you, you, one of them shoots a white tail with Chuck at That's the cover shot right there. That get on the front of the Epic. I'm excited for it. <laughs> I know it's even a year away, but a little more than a year, but I'm still excited. Till that yeah. day comes, we'll be happy. Yeah, no, it's I'm good. jealous of Corey because no matter what, he's the winner that gets to hang to get to guide Chuck Adams. Hey, <laughs> I I just get the all the all the best out of that one. So that's I'll I'll take that. I appreciate that. Yeah, just if, Chuck, if Chuck kills a, if Chuck kills a new world record, then we're all going to be. <laughs> hey, I sure hope we have one next year. We got a couple really good prospects going in, uh, even for this year, uh, with some good mature deer and. You know, get another year on them. Hopefully, who knows? Could happen. You no, know, if we're if if we're let's just say, I, I'm if if you and I were both there, Dylan, with Chuck Adams, and a world record buck was was killed during that weekend. I mean, I don't want to be selfish or anything. <laughs> But I think that I think the deer deserves to have been shot by Chuck. <laughs> like I don't want a deer I shoot ever to be a world record because that would just be anticlimactic. I'm like, dude, if I could do it, you could literally do it. So <laughs> we started um, talking records, and then Tim just texted me. <laughs> oh yeah, about Chuck Adams. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> let's not talk. Let's not talk about Tim. We got some stories from him there last year. We could tell, but he might oh, not like that. Yeah. So well, uh, we better change the subject. <laughs> yeah. So he's he's probably just trying to weasel his way in. He's like, "Hey, how do I get there? You can't. No. Get hey, back for revenge. <laughs> yeah. Listen though, two things. You did shoot a great big bear out there with Tim in and Oregon. Then secondly, and then second. Jason, you didn't let Corey give an introduction because here's here. I, I want him to, because of this reason, a lot of times, listen, we've all been stuck with a bad outfitter. We've all been stuck with people who were like, this was a waste of a hunt. And Corey here is not only, you know, manages this ranch, but Corey here, like understands deer on a level that I wish I could. Um, so Corey, how did you even get into the outfitting business in the first place? Well, um, go back, graduated high school, went uh, to one of the whitetail meccas of the world, Iowa, uh, got my wildlife biology degree from Iowa State. Um, from there, I migrated oh. to Texas and worked on a 30-plus thousand-acre ranch, uh, mainly focused on whitetails, quail, turkeys, you know, basically wildlife in general. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there... Migrated just a little further north into Kansas and this area, northeastern Oklahoma, southeast Kansas. I've uh, been here for the last seven years. And luckily to manage Liberty Ranch for this to be going on the, oh, as the calendar turns, 2023 will be the start of my fourth year. Wow. 
7,000 acres. Yep. And uh, Corey, fair, fair Chase, northeastern Oklahoma, native whitetail, um, heavily managed as far as some supplemental protein feed program, doing some habitat work with some fruit trees, introduction as far as some pears, apples, persimmon plantings across you know, several different portions of the ranch, some food plots incorporated as well throughout the ranch going forward. So we're trying to do a five-star operation from the ground up. You've seen some of our lodging, and that was the first thing we built before as we started our supplemental feed program and our deer management program. So we put our money invested in our cabins. Now we're investing in, into the property itself so we can optimize and utilize the best resource that we have here on the ranch nice and and hopefully if if you couldn't follow along on video um man check it out because some of the pictures that that dylan was scrolling through they got some great bucks there liberty ranch outdoors.com yes facebook instagram uh be the same thing liberty ranch outdoors um so see us come and go on there throughout the season excellent um, no, it's exciting because it's there. There's some places that you hunt, you know, and you're always. It's always good to have time in the field, but not everywhere that you're going to hunt has the kind of opportunities to kill a big buck like what you have up there where you guys are at. Right. So we take pride in that as well. You know, we're we keep it very low pressure um, as far as hunters throughout the year. Um, last year we were to a hunter a hunter per turned out to be about 1100 acres so i mean very minimal pressure hardly any intrusion um, and we look to keep that kind of 900 ish to 1100 acres as far as per hunter goes going forward just to keep keep low pressure that's number one key human intrusion nice now is it is that a ranch is it a working ranch in addition to the the hunting operation you guys running cattle or anything there Yes, yes, it is. It's a working cattle ranch. You know, we utilize just as many acres, um, if not more, with the cattle than we do the hunting aspect of the ranch. I mean, it is a full-fledged working cattle ranch, uh, mama cow cow operation. Um, And then we also have a preconditioned, you know, starter feed yard as well that we use here. So, I mean, it's it's a working cattle ranch, and we're, we're doing several things to improve habitat. We just got done finally. Feels great. Uh, to get done with our lake project, uh, we just finished the making of a 48-acre lake. Now uh, that's going to implement a little bit into our waterfowl hunting program as we go forward as well. 60 feet deep, 48-acre yeah. lake. Like that's that sounds more like trout fishing than yeah. than duck hunting. Well, we've looked into the trout, and I don't. It's going to be tough to make it work for them, but we're we're going to see if we can. Yeah, once it gets cool. Yeah, so so if a guy if a guy were to show up and shoot a fork and horn on day one, then he just wouldn't be bored. He just you throw a shotgun in his hands and send him out back. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. To the All right. to the duck field. We're gonna, Jason's you know, got a plan now. Yeah. Giddy up! <laughs> See, this is a I, I did this years ago. Um, a buddy of mine runs North American hunting competition, and uh, I got his uh, his pro staff of the year thing for tonnage 
it's, you know, I didn't shoot the biggest buck or the biggest bull, but when you added up, you know, the, however many thousands of geese I shot and everything, I, I had the most tonnage for the year. So there's guys out there shot a couple elk and a couple of deer. And I'm like, no, 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 that's, you could fit all of your, you fit everything you shot in one pickup. I can't do that. Yeah. So, so Not yeah, boy. it, it may cool. not, may not be by inches, but man, by, by gross pounds of dead stuff, <laughs> I'm going to hold my own. Hey, perfect. So Not a boy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah don't yeah don't threaten me with the fork and horn Jason, last year last year um well i took a new hunter out um i had this guy reach out and he said hey man i've really wanted to start bow hunting and i hear you're the guy that can help me and i'm like yeah you know hey i blah blah and anyways we hook it up to go to, to liberty ranch and so we're there hunting i put him in this me cory dropped him off in this ground blind on that that he mentioned a lock rock ledge he puts him in a ground blind get, you know we get him all set up and we coach him up a bit and and uh ends up shooting a doe and he texts me and i said well hey dude just don't move like they're 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 moving they're it's rutting it's a good morning cold front moved in just stay right there don't move and uh he sat there for probably an hour and a half and uh he moves he gets up gets out of the blind and goes to pick up the doe and he wants to see it. I mean, it's his first year. I understand why he's excited. It's his first year Absolutely. ever. And uh, made a fantastic shot. I mean, we knew it was dead. But he walks up. And as he's walking out to look at this doe, a giant 10-point walks in. And I'm like, dude, I told you. But then, yeah. but then I screwed up because I had been sitting in the same blind all week. And I'm like, Corey, dude, you got to move me. I need to go somewhere else. And he's like, okay, I'll put you in this tree stand over here. And as I'm sitting there, he sends me a picture of a giant at the place it's I had been sitting. Yeah. And I was like, gosh, dang it. I'm sorry, Always Chris. listen yeah. to the guide. I should have <laughs> trusted you. So it's, I messed up, uh, too. It's, man, also, it's uh, you know what? And this is, this is, if you're hunting with a guide, they're the guide. Listen to them. They may have an edge. Not that you're not you know, the world's greatest hunter, but they may have some information that you might not be privy to. Maybe they know exactly why that blind is, is where it is to the inch instead of over by that tree. Maybe they've done that. Maybe the blind used to be over by that tree and now it's where it is on purpose. So <laughs> I, I saw that this fall where people would come in who had no idea what they were doing. And then try to tell the guy, oh, well, you should have had the tree stand in a different tree or you should have the blind over there. And it's like, no, you shouldn't. It's where it needs to be. Now, if you had quit moving when animals are walking in and see you grab your bow and spook them off, that will help your chances. If you're in the blind and animals are coming in, quit moving around. You don't need to move your chair right now. Just get ready for the shot. Yeah. And then you won't spook them and they'll come in. It's yeah, you focus, instead of telling the experts what they should be doing different, you just focus on your mission, which is to to get a quality shot on a quality animal. Absolutely. So, yeah, that gets frustrating when you see that. And, and there's guys who are like, well, I, I haven't, you know, had one guy and we're like, hey, let us know if there's, if you see any sign when you walk in that tree stand, let us know. Mm -hmm. The guy walks in there and he's like, yeah, there hadn't been an elk in there. In, in in forever yeah it's 
you know how to read sign? Oh yeah, we're hunt all over the place. You know this guy, and we pull the chip and the camera, and there was an elk there like twelve minutes before he was there. Oh, and it's like on the same trail he walked in on. Walk in. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. So, yeah, listen, listen to your, listen to your guide, listen to your outfitter. They're there for a reason. Stick and stay, make them pay. Why I say. There you go. So how is it in Oklahoma? I know it's different all across the country. So how is it in Oklahoma? You get a, is it a buck and a doe or how does that work? So Oklahoma, it's a, be a, it's a two buck state. Um, with that, you know, archery, you can, a non-resident can kill two bucks with their archery license. You have, you'd have to buy two different licenses. Um, but that would include your, t- your deer tags, your hunting license, and everything. Uh, but they just wrap it in one package, so you'd have to buy it twice to kill two bucks. Um, which that archery license and tag, uh, it's right at three hundred bucks, but it'll run you a full year. That includes your buck tag and three doe tags with each okay. three hundred dollar archery license. So what you're saying is me and Jason can come stack bodies. You're telling me for for 700 bucks, we can just start laying them down. I can kill eight deer for 700 bucks in tag fees. No. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Eight bucks. Eight, eight, not eight bucks. Eight deer. Eight deer. Eight 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 deer. deer, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Two bucks. Six dollars. Now we're talking. With that. Yeah. Be 600 bucks. Because I think they're, um, so it'd be a little over 600 dollars. 300 and like a uh, processing fee if you buy it online. So, Jason, can you be here like this week? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, I can. Dude, Corey's, yes, only, can. Corey's under two hours from my house. Dude, you fly into Wichita, we'll drive down there and stack bodies. No <laughs> problem. I'm, I, I'm, uh, yeah. Wow. We'll even, See, put you in the, we'll even put you in the waterfowl, in the waterfowl blind too. See, that's, that's nice. That's nice. That that way, after I get my eight deer, then I can go <laughs> shoot. That. <laughs> that way, when you're not done shooting stuff yet, you can no, get your I'm not. Hey man, <laughs> I just you know I finally got back to Alberta, and I you know it felt good because I did one. I had one afternoon hunt that I just went out by myself, set up the the goose spread. Uh, sat there. I didn't have much wind or it would have been a little bit quicker, but yeah, I shot my, my 50 snow geese and my, my eight ducks and I haven't got a Canada goose in about 40 minutes. It was a nice little flurry of activity. And, and, uh, that's the first snow goose limit I shot with that new, new Benelli. I haven't had a new Benelli shotgun that I've used for ducks in 20 years. So I was due. But, uh, but yeah, so I don't mind stacking them up. Years. Yeah, you know, shoot one, reload, shoot again, yeah. reload, shoot again. I'm okay with that. As you should be. Yeah. Um, and it's so uh, on stuff like that, where you've got, you know, if if, if you're at a, you know, if you're in a stand and let's say you shoot a doe or something, and that does it really not bother the other deer, or does it cause get them a little spooky? Have you looked into that? Well, it all kind of depends on how it plays out as far as how the situation was before the shot. You know, if there's a pile of deer around, a pile of deer around, you know, of course, 
one or two of them are going to see what happened right. and be a little spooked by it. You know, if there's, she's the only one and she goes kind of in a non-intrusive way, not into any bedding or anything like that. Then once they get shot, you know, they have, they call it a little toe cheese between their hooves, you know, puts off a smell and a hormone. You know, when, when the deer stomp their feet, when usually the doe is getting ready to blow, she'll stomp mm-hmm. her feet and it just puts a little pheromone in on the ground. It's a warning sign, basically. Huh. So as long as it's a smooth, you know, easy, easy shot, non, you know, non really afraid as far as no, you're not in the area or, you know, no signs of human smell or anything. It should go pretty in, uh, unintrusive okay. as far as if you think it's one of the best way to. Deal. It's actually one of the best way to train a blood dogs is is teaching yeah. to track that scent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But Jason, but it, it last year, affect them, yes. Last year, the buck I shot here in Kansas, I saw it drop in the field, just fifty yards from my blind, and um, continue to sit there and uh, still had a doe tag. So I'm like, well, I'm going to hang out and see what happens. And I actually had another buck come up and and push on that other buck, mess with really? it, and yeah. Uh, of course, that was the middle of the rut, uh, but but he, you know, he poked at that that other buck lane there for a minute and just kept on walking in, and I, you know, so that one, that was the first time I'd ever seen that. But yeah, yeah, you see that with turkeys, yeah, yeah, you shoot oh, a turkey, enough turkeys, throw the tar out of them. Mm-hmm. Similar aspect with some of the bucks if there's enough testosterone pumping. Nice, and so where where are you guys? So your rut is what, just about kicking off or you got another? Uh, yeah, I think uh, we had a good cold snap um, about the 18th, 19th of October. We got down uh, lows 23 one morning, 22 the next. Um, that really, I think, got the ball rolling a little bit. Um, coming off that full moon, we had some good footage of some lip curling and stuff going on. Uh, even on trail camera, some good footage of a couple four or five-year-old buck sparring a little bit and uh, just looking through some trail camera cards here last day or two which be you know first day or two in november uh we actually had some mature bucks on a single doe um as far as pushing her and following her pretty tight so i think there's at least a couple of the early does coming in so it should be kicking off going over the next two or three weeks pretty good we should catch it i think very nice that means get your plane ticket jay uh, yes. Dylan's got his trip planned already. So we affiliated the dates today. Nice. Yeah. I'll, you know what? I've, I've been on the phone most of the morning off to, I'm sure he texted me those dates. I'll, I'll definitely be checking my phone. <laughs> I definitely did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know how that works. Yeah. <laughs> Operation shoot that giant forky is a go, dude. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was, he always texts me. He's like, oh, I just got back from hunting. He never tells me before he goes. And he's going, yeah. Yeah. I'm inviting you get now. It. Get a plane ticket. Yeah. Let's All right. I'm, I'm there. Perfect. So, so what else, uh, so Corey, what else you guys have going on? So you, you're hunting hard. And then how about after the, after the guiding season for you, when do you guys hunt till down there? Uh, so our season goes to the, usually the second weekend in January. I think this year it's the 14th, the Sunday, the 14th, it, it goes out. Um, and they're usually holding on to their antlers pretty well still at that time frame. Um, you know, we 
So if there's a couple management bucks we need to get after, we can still get them then without having that fear of shooting, you know, a dropped deer right. uh, buck. But um, like I guess it was two years ago, I killed one the seventh of January, and his I touched his antlers and they come right off. Okay, popped off right in my hand. You know, it's getting right fine line kind of standpoint. That little bit of stress of shooting him, I think, kind of pushed the limit for him. But right. We hunt right up till right up till that time frame, especially if there's a few does we need to to get rid of still uh, to keep some numbers in check. And as long with the management bucks, you know we got we've got to try to get some of them seven eight year old bully deer out of the way too. Make room for them three four year old prospect giants. Yeah, that's good. I uh, last year, Jan the first week of January, we were down in Texas, and uh, one of the guys from Bear Archery shoots this buck. And Texas all, and we're like, yeah, we'll be over there after our hunt ends. And we all go over there and we start blood trailing. And uh, one of the guys goes, oh, look, here's a, here's a shed. Picks it up. We keep walking. And five minutes later, another guy says, dude, I found another shed. Here's another shed. We get up to that deer and it had no horns. And the guy oh, from Bear yeah. said, the guy from Bear said, I promise you it had horns when I shot it. I promise. <laughs> and so he held that deer up and, and uh, took a picture holding the antlers put the knee on right. his head, put the antlers on his head. And <laughs> I have one of those now. <laughs> That's funny. I've, I saw, I found a shed one time. Uh, it was in December, but it was a buck that had been shot. And I think it just, that, that stress caused it to, to drop just a couple days later. So Dylan, you, you've been out to Oklahoma a time or two. So, What's Oklahoma's absolutely a sleeper state. I think uh, a lot of people neglect how good of hunting Oklahoma has to offer. Um, I think it's getting more and more publicity. I mean, you see more and more of your, you know, quote unquote, big name hunters going to Oklahoma and shooting giants. Um, it's a really fun state to hunt. I mean, it, it, it offers you a lot of different, you know, topographical, uh, different terrain features like they're at Liberty ranch, super, you know, rolling Hills and big cliffs and, um, you know, definitely stuff I don't get here in Kansas. And then, you know, you go down to like the Kaimichi mountains and you know, you're in the thickest stuff you've ever seen in your lifetime. And then of course out in the panhandle, you got desert. I mean, it's just, it's a yeah. really fun state to hunt in. It's, you know, I can be there and I can, I can beat Oklahoma in, in 20 minutes and, uh, and you know, then you got two more bucks. And so, um, you know, I try to utilize that as much as I can because Kansas is a one buck state and sometimes that's hard to swallow. You know, you shoot a buck and you're done. And so, you know, you got to drive over the border and, you know, of course I can be recording in about an hour and 45 minutes. And so, um, you know, you got to look at those different opportunities around you and same with Missouri, Arkansas, you know, I can be to those in three or four hours and, and shoot more bucks. Yeah. yeah I'm only eight hours from Idaho. Yeah. See, you got <laughs> it. You got it even more, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what was that, Corey? I said, you know, we're, we're at in Oklahoma, you know, we're only, um, as the crow flies about 20, 25 miles South of the Kansas line. Um, you know, we don't, in my region, we don't have necessarily like the ag fields and stuff like you see in Kansas and stuff like that. But what we do have are parcels of land that are 10, to 50 times bigger than most parcels, uh, uh most yeah. ag fields. You know, we have land that's from, 5,000 acres to 60,000 acres as far as one parcel and there may be a road to go through it but it's 
a ranch owned road and you also you know land features wise it's four or five miles strips east and west before you break any of the land up at all and that's yeah. really you can grow some really big deer and manage the property that way when you have bigger parcels rather than 160 acres where deer come and go so freely yeah, yeah. that's what i when I was up in Alberta, it's uh, it's interesting. A lot of folks they talk about oh how many how many acres? You, oh, I've got forty acres up there. They talk in quarters, yeah. as in quarter sections. You know, yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, we're yeah we're farming forty five quarters. I'm like, <laughs> okay, that's eleven square miles. It's like that's ridiculous. So different world, different places. It it's is a different world. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, um. So what else? So it's all fair chase. So they're not going to run into any zebras or ostrich out there while they're while they're whitetail hunting. No, sir. Just cows. Just nope. cows. Well, there's an occasional. Those. Yeah. No on the stakes. We got plenty of them in the freezer. If we need some, we can get some. I said, Corey, <laughs> stay dude, I thought it was the biggest doe I'd ever seen in my lifetime. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. He said, "If it's brown, it's down." Well, we might as well eat it. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's the world's largest albino deer, and you're like, "No, that's a Charlay cow." <laughs> Sorry. Occasionally, you get some a uh, few wild. We have a little. Um, it's a wildlife preserve on the east southeast corner um, that Frank Phillips started. It's called Woolerock. Occasionally, you'll get you'll see an axis or a sick deer. Um, Occasionally, an elk or something gets out. So occasionally, you'll see one, but not very often. But we're about we're about a mile from it on our southeast corner, so we're pretty okay. close. So I have nice. had pictures of some different things come through, just passing through. But yeah, you ever get biggest buck I in? ever saw? That's an elk. Yeah. <laughs> you ever get any hogs in there, Corey? No. Um, you know it's one of those is good is it bad personally i think it's wonderful not having the hogs just you know yeah they're they're fun to shoot good to eat but they create so much trouble um as a land manager or wildlife manager in general just because of the you know how invasive they are and how bad they are some aspects of the land you know tear it up look like a a disc or rototiller went through some places and it's you know, it's really bad for our forage, especially in the wintertime when we're trying to keep as much grass as we can for the calves and mama cows to get through. But it, uh, it'd be nice to have one or two just to plink around, but to keep one or two, it's dang near impossible. So, uh, yeah, I like not having them. Yeah. You're not when far you... from them though. No, um, uh, about 10 minutes, either direction you want to go, um, you can get into hogs. Uh, we're eight miles out of Pahuska. Pahuska has hogs in the middle of the city. And, you know, I say city, it's a town of like 2,000. But um, just about anywhere you can go, 10 minutes, you know, north, south, east, west, you can get into some, some hogs. I don't know why we're necessarily been confined and haven't been able to get any on the place, but especially with the creeks and the amount of feed that we put out on the ranch throughout the year with deer feeders, protein, and the corn. Um, we have yet to see any in the last three years. I think prior to that, there's been one picture of one. Wow. Wow. 
Yeah, that's. I don't, I, I don't know who blessed us with it, the the curse to keep them off, but hopefully it sticks around a little longer. Yeah, let's talk again in three years and see if it's holding. Yeah. Well, I'll try my best. Yeah. So if not, so I guys, call. Yeah, so you guys put a bounty on them. You're like, if you yeah. see a hog, take it down. Absolutely, and like I said, we haven't had to necessarily harvest any, but we're. If we do see one, there's definitely a bounty on it. No questions yeah. asked. You know what? It's completely illegal to shoot a hog in Kansas if you see one. Yeah, that's that blows my mind because I know a couple uh, pockets up um, northeast, kind of a little southeast of uh, or south of Kansas City has a really big pocket of hogs, uh, Uniontown. Well, well, it makes sense to an extent because – uh, their thought process on it is, you know, if you have a saunder of pigs, which we have them come up from Oklahoma often, I mean, you you see people post pictures of them, but if you've got a saunder of pigs of 12 and a hunter shoots one, well, now they're going to split up and break up and you've got a saunder of five and six, then they're yeah. going to populate and then there are two saunders of 12 and then this hunter shoots one and then you split those up and then these get shot at and splits those up. And so it spreads them out more rather than just calling. They can come in with choppers and take them out and be done. So yep. it makes sense to an extent, um, you know, not to you split bet. them up and bust them up and get them all spread out. So, yeah, and instead of generate generating revenue, letting hunters take care of them, the government can come in and pay money to do it. Uh, I yep. love that thought. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. That's one thing they've done around here. The, the USDA and the states actually trapped it brought in the helicopter and killed quite a bit just yeah. because the hog population was so bad. Yeah. See, in Oregon, we, we have uh, th this, well, this wasn't the one that did it, but at Pope and Young, our official position statement is that wildlife management does not belong at the ballot box. And Oregon ha is yeah. an absolute prime example of that because it was, I think it was 82 or 92, I can't, can't remember which year, but uh, they voted to disallow hunting with hounds for bears and cougars and the baiting of bears. And since that time, man, our our predator populations have just skyrocketed. And it hasn't helped anything other than the bears and the cats. And so now they're to the point on some of these places where, you know, you got the coyotes killing all the you know, the antelope fawns and whatever grows up, the cougars come in and wipe out the rest. And and they're to the point now where they're going to have to literally come in and pay somebody to go do the job that sportsmen's would have done for free. So yeah. sportsmen would have paid you to do. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, exactly. they, yeah. They'd have bought a license to go do it. And instead, yeah. you know, you can't go hunting with hounds, but the state can pay somebody to come in and bring hounds in to hunt them. That's yeah. just, I don't know. It's, hey, it's okay if they do it, I understand. Yeah. Crap, Corey, we got him started. Yeah. I know. <laughs> That's once again, wildlife management is not a ballot box issue. Certainly uh, not. So yeah, that nothing better <laughs> than somebody sitting in their little, you know, apartment downtown who's never even seen a deer telling you how to manage populations yeah. <laughs> of animals. They couldn't identify if they went to the zoo. Oh yeah. That's that's the only animals they really see and that's how they get treated and yeah. Um, 
yeah. Thing we don't want to get started on. I don't think any further. No, probably not. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'd have a good time talking about it, but I, I'm sure someone would be offended. <laughs> There's always an offense when someone has a passion behind something they're talking about. A yeah. true passion, yeah. like a sportsman does about that. So. Yeah, and and heaven forbid, facts or data would get in the way of somebody's feelings. <laughs> you know? Not even facts and data. Common stinking sense. Like that's like. <laughs> I've common given up sense. expecting common sense. There's well, I, I no longer to, expect people I was to talking have it. to I was talking to one yuppie on a on an airplane the other day. <laughs> and uh and they they so graciously told me they disagree with what I do. And I said, um I said, okay. I said, Well, how about I invite I said, what would happen if I invited somebody to live in your house? And they said, I mean, yeah, we have an extra bedroom, you know, whatever. And I said, Okay, you can support one more. So what happened if I invited a family of five to live in your house? Ah, then it'd be getting a little tough, you know, you know, food. And I said, okay, what if I invite a family of 10 into your house? Uh, there's no way. I said, so what do you think the deer are doing out there when they get yep. overpopulate, uh, overpopulated and all of a sudden there's no more room for them and there's no more feed for them and they're starving to death because the ground, yep. the land can't support them? I said, who do you think's coming in and helping take care of those populations? Uh, we have to, or otherwise the, the land can't support them. So would you rather a deer starve to death or would you rather a deer die in a matter of seconds? Yeah. Which one? Or should we bulldoze your entire housing development and send it back to the deer habitat that it used to be before exactly. you built your house there? Yeah. yeah. That's one thing they don't, they don't want to hear that. No. They're all for it until you tell them that. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want you to log, but they still want a house. Built with lumber. Yep. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that's it's it's a tough sell because, like you say, common sense plays no part in their decision making process. It's all emotion. It is. Yeah. So sometimes it makes me think that maybe I should go find some emotions just so <laughs> I could be that offended. <laughs> so. Well, anyway, so so Corey, what do you do with yourself after after the last hunter is gone? You take a little break, or what do you guys do? No, I I may take a day or two break, but if hunting season's still open, there there's always a few more does that need to go. Um, after hunting season's wrapped up, our cold really don't hit until February. Um, usually here on the ranch, so. Uh, in January, beginning of February, you know, waterfowl season still open um, through the end of January for us. And then goose season stays open. Um, but I have a spot in Kansas where I go shoot some speckle bellies and snows and stuff by quite a big number. So I usually spend uh, some of February up there, even get into some of the snow conservation season as well up there. So. Yeah, I know you may like that idea as far yeah. as the waterfowl yeah, goes. We don't judge here. We allow hunting. So. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's a great place to get away. It's just far enough, two and a half hours. I have access to a really nice place on a private lake with a bunch of property around. So I can utilize it. I, I usually run a few hunts up there as well, some waterfowl hunts throughout, throughout the end of the year as nice. far as season goes. So Very cool. my break, I don't get much of a break, maybe a little sliver of March before turkey season starts. Then yeah. I got to try to you know, chase a few of them birds around and 
and we got a few, sh- you know, the show season starts. We got to make a couple appearances in a couple of different places. And, yeah. You know, shake, some, shake some hands, smile. That's right. Some faces, so. Hopefully you've got Get Reno on your, on your calendar for April. Yep. April. We do. I believe we're, yeah. uh, coming up. I don't think, uh, we were going to go to Louisiana, but they canceled that and it was in March. Um, just cause I know quite a few, but we're going to come to the Reno one again. We enjoyed that last year or year before. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good time. Chuck, Chuck will be there so we can sit at a table and reminisce about the hunt. No, it won't have happened yet. Yeah. Oh, it won't have happened, happened yet. Yeah, well, then we could, then we could go and we could talk about it. Absolutely. Hype it up. Hype it up. Yeah. Hopefully the winner is at convention. The winner of the hunt is at convention. I know, because it sounds like it can. Are we going to draw it at convention? I don't think we've decided yet. Okay, there's a chance because we we're talking to Chuck, and you know what? I, you know, my hat's off to the guy because he really cares about, you know, bow hunting and the legacy, and you know, huge Pope and Young supporter. And you know, so here's a guy who he doesn't have to do this. He just did it. You know, basically is to help the organization and and uh do do what we do for conservation and our other work and so all of a sudden i think he kind of got into it because he comes to us and he says hey he says and draw instead of drawing it somewhere else why don't we just draw it at convention he says i'll come up and draw the winning ticket and so i'm like you know that's pretty darn cool so we may we may just have to do that yeah, that, I think that'd be a pretty good idea, especially if yeah. the winner just happened to be there too. That'd be, <laughs> excuse me, that'd oh. be something. That'd be crazy. That'd be better than being called up on the prices, right? Like, like you look <laughs> at some of those crazy people who are just like, ah! you know, like imagine Chuck Adams draws your name out of the bucket for a hunt, dude. I would hope somebody would get pretty rowdy over that. We may have one of them <laughs> coming down yeah. through there. <laughs> that'd be pretty cool so yeah we've had a few winners um in the audience in the past for some of those big hunts and it's been nice you know it's it's always neat when you have those big hunts and you got a big room of people when somebody who's there wins because you're you, you know it's just it's that good energy you love to see that energy nobody wants to see Absolutely. the you know the big draw of the night go to somebody who you know, I mean, absentee, yeah, yeah, but uh, anyway, but you know what? We also, despite who wins it, we want to make it easy for everybody to get in. So you can Absolutely. go right online, drop your 20 bucks, and get in there, go hunt with Corey, Chuck Adams. Um, man, what a deal! I, I even feel like I need to buy a couple of them just to make sure I'm there. <laughs> I know, I get that chance, <laughs> yeah. See how that work? You you know, then you just hand the keys over to somebody else and say, "Hey, man, I'm, I'm just going to be over here BSing with Chuck. You can handle everything else." What's that you always say, Jason? If you're feeling lucky, buy a ticket. If you're yeah. not feeling lucky, buy a lot of tickets. Yeah. yeah. If you're feeling lucky, buy a ticket. If you're not feeling lucky, you better buy a bunch of tickets. Right? <laughs> And you know that works because we had. I think we've we've got some pretty good ticket packages, and so the more you buy, the the less each ticket costs. And, let me see if yeah, I can pull it up absolutely. here. We've got one ticket for twenty, six tickets for a hundred, eighteen tickets for two fifty, 
42 tickets for 500 and 100 tickets for 1,000. That's only 10 bucks a piece. You're telling me I could win a hunt with Chuck Adams at Liberty Ranch for 10 bucks? That's a good deal. Well, I'm telling I, you. I think that's probably the best value there is that 100 for 1,000 pack. Yeah. I will say this too, though. The guy that we're about to send to Canada to hunt the bow only zone with Wizard yeah. Lake, he bought one ticket. Yeah. <laughs> All it takes said, is one. He but. said, I was sitting there and I thought, man, I better. Why not? Like I, I'm yeah. supporting a good cause. Even if I don't win, I'm supporting my right as a bow hunter. This is what he literally told me. He said, I'm supporting my right as a bow hunter. So I might as well go ahead and do it. And, uh, yep. and he bought a ticket and he bought it like the day before it closed. So I called him the next day and he was like, Holy crap. Wait. Like he was, he was like, Are you kidding me? No wow. freaking way. Like, He's yeah. losing it. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And he's probably on his way up there here any minute. Yeah. Cause that was, yeah. that was this month. Yeah. And then I said, I'm just kidding, man. I don't work for Pope and Young at all. I just want, <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> that's not Be terrible. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah. We've had some, I, like, we've had people win it on one ticket and then we had one somebody bought. What was it? I think we had a five hundred dollar pack, and I think somebody bought two five hundred dollar packs and wound up winning a hunt. I'm like, well, that was a good, good. Inv- turned out to be a good investment. Absolutely. Whether yeah. it's one or a hundred, yeah, it's, it's a good investment, good cause. That's a fact. Well, uh, well, Corey, we appreciate you spending some time with us on here, and thanks for working with us to put this hunt together. I know we are absolutely excited about it um and and the the cool thing is chuck chuck's doing it for us but but he's excited about it as well so yeah no i'm just as excited as you guys are maybe just a little more uh you know get to have chuck here at camp just been able to have chuck in in camp as well as you guys and whoever the lucky winner would be is just going to be a dream come true for i think everybody in camp that week um and I'm I'm gonna start right now. Try to get a couple of them lined out and patterned so we're ready when they nice. get here. I like it. Well, find Jason, we're pre- find Jason a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful forky, big forky. Yeah, big forky. I'll I'll yeah. see if I can keep one or two around just for you. Yeah, forky Jason, with the drop not, time. You better not forget your uh your question. We do have to ask the question. We're gonna miss it. We do ask everybody the question. I don't know if we've ever missed the question before. So, Corey, the one question we ask everybody that comes on the show is when you find yourself out chasing them big whitetails in Oklahoma or running down spring black bears in Oregon, what is one non-traditional item that you find in your pack that you you always like to take on a hunt? A non-traditional item. Yes. Well, Oatmeal cream pies, baby. <laughs> hey, that should be a traditional because you got to have some snacks in the pack somewhere. I don't care if it's just for an afternoon sit or a th- three or four day pack in. You got to have some snacks. That's for sure. Many um, of our bet, many, I'm not going to lie. Many of our very best answers have been snacks. Really? Well, I, that's a traditional deal for me because I always take food just about everywhere I go. Bacon. We had bacon. Bacon. <laughs> We've had um, that. Where is bacon a wrong answer though? Like, if you just say that bacon, where is that a wrong answer? It's not. Yeah. Yeah. No, Maybe. Not. What's What's your girlfriend's nickname? Bacon. 
bank. <laughs> Wrong answer. Because I love her. Yeah. Everything else, yeah, bacon is the right answer. Well, no, you would say bacon because that's my favorite thing on earth, and she's my favorite thing. So favorite thing. Hey, there she, you go. It's all how you spell. She take it that way though. <laughs> mm. Um, you know, it's a little. Uh, it's probably not even a lucky charm, but I feel like it is. It's a little penny, real, real smushed. At it's a train station, uh, old historic train station where I went to school in Iowa, Iowa State. Uh, it was just a keepsake. My grandmother, my mother, uh, one of my aunts were there. That was one of our little trips we did. And that stays in my hunting coat and has uh, since I left to go to school in Iowa. So it's been in my hunting coat for going on eight, nine years now. So a lucky penny. Yep. Lucky penny. It's it's smashed, it's smashed by a train. Smashed by a train. No, uh, in, engraved on the backside with actually the Ten Commandments. Okay. It, it stayed cool. in my pocket of my hunting coat, and I check it every time I put it on just to make sure it's still in there. Nice. Is that you, you ever have, find yourself where you're like, hey, I'm going to go do this? And you're like, let me see. Ah, nope, number six. I better not do that. <laughs> I pull it out and look at it occasionally. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Is that you just check? You know, sometimes it's good to have. You know, it's a lot like you know when I'm out when I'm out hunting. I like to have a copy of the the local you know fishing and hunting regulations. So it's kind of like those would be like the hunting regulations for life. Absolutely. Yep. So you just pull that out. Dylan probably has them all memorized. You have all ten memorized, Dylan. Uh, yeah, I could work through them, I'm sure. Okay. All right. You you think? Yeah. Okay. All right. Not in order. I can't do them in order. Uh, you can't. Okay. All right. I figured you knew them inside and out. I can. Yeah. <laughs> we won't dive into that, but the first uh, yeah. four are commandments to God. The second, the last six are commandments to how to treat other people around you. Uh, the only commandment with a promise tied to it is. Thou shalt honor your father and mother, and you'll live a long life. That's the only one with a promise tied to it. My dad always said it's because I won't kill you at a young age if you respect me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we could get into it. Okay. I, I You know, so so you're saying there's not 10, there's four and six. Uh, that's how they're broken up, yes. Okay. I, four did, are I did not know that. Towards God, second six are commandments, commandments towards people. Okay. Which, when you're out there in God's country and God's creation, what what better to think about than the, the four commandments, God and the four, or the six to the, the other people? I mean, that's what life's about. So Nice. There you go. All right. Well, I don't want to start a holy war, so I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let it go right there. So, um, yeah. All so right, the, Corey, we'll be there. Jason can fly down this afternoon. We'll be there in the morning. I, hey. Perfect. Southway, plan for it. All right. See you there. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Yep. Thank you. Bye. Bye.